Attention human, prepare yourself for the double pick cast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Cam from the Double Pipcast, and you are joining us for episode 11 and interview number two with Drew Nolosco from Wizards of the Coast. Hey, everybody. Good to be back on the show. How are you guys doing? I am sure that was a resounding great uh, from everybody listening asynchronously. <laughs> um, hey, Drew, uh, first off, thank you for joining, and I also wanted to thank you all for uh, giving us the opportunity to reveal cards for Siege 2, the defensive configuration card, uh, which awesome. looks crazy. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, you know, we, we thought you guys did a, a great job. Very happy to give you a, uh, a preview and, uh, you know, thank you for helping getting the words out on the new cards. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, so for this interview, you know, last time we did a, a kind of a dive into your industry experience, um, how you came to be a part of the Transformers trading card game uh, you, with your background in working on animated licenses and their transition to card games. So uh, a lot of great feedback on that. And uh, if you haven't listened to it already, make sure you go back and listen to episode six uh, for the first interview with Drew. Uh, a great uh, interview. I, I listened to it on my, I still listen to it just uh because the, I feel like the content was so so cool and so rich. This time, you know, I wanted to jump into some some more pointed content on what we have coming up with uh, probably your slowest season, right? <laughs> it's an extremely lazy season. Um, we got out the lounge chairs in the office, and we're all just basking in the the Seattle gloom. <laughs> Uh, obviously, it's the exact flip side of that going into Q4 here. You've got the wrap-up of the 2019 competitive season, uh, War for Cybertron trilogy. we got the second one coming out here, first week in November, right, with Siege 2. Yep. Yeah, so yep. a lot a lot going on. This is November 8th. Um, we're, all, we're very excited. Um, and then shortly thereafter, we've got the Energon Invitational at PAX Unplugged. Um, so both of those are, are you know, those are our biggest swings towards the end for 2019. Um, and there's been a lot of work both on our end and on the Hasbro Transformers team's end and on the community's end to, to get ready for these events. Yeah. So speaking of preparing for something like what we've got coming up, here in December, Pax Unplugged. How does that look to be fleshing out in terms of what what your presence will be there? And you know, I know Pastimes is working with you to handle the competitive side, but how does that look to be fleshing out? It, 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 it's looking great. Um, we're we're working out those final details. Um, there's the so at this at the time that we are doing this interview, a loyal fan group. Um, we are verifying all of the data from the um, Energon Invitational Qualifier season. Um, so, so a really interesting tidbit is that the Transformers TCG competitive play brought back a lot of players who had not played in a DCI-sanctioned event in, in some time and brought in a lot of new players who had never played in a DCI-sanctioned event. We saw a lot of new player generate additions to the, the DCI so that's really awesome. Uh, and what that means is we have to go and make sure that all of those accounts are have correct data and that especially the older, the, the accounts that haven't been, uh, where players haven't played in a long time, are uh, are migrated over to the current system correctly and verified that data before we start sending out 
confirmations of invites. This doesn't mean that there's any, but any problem with, with anyone. It just means that there's a higher number of older accounts that we have to migrate. And that's what we're doing uh, this week. Um, we haven't encountered any issues. We're just crunching through that data. So very shortly, people will start to receive notifications from wizards regarding their their invite. So if you want an event, this just to just to double down on not alarming people, if you want an event, you're you're qualified, and you'll get a message from wizard sometime in the next couple of weeks, indicating, hey, everything's all copacetic and ready to go. So that's where we're going on the on the the, in, the invite side in terms of actual plans. As you noted, uh, Cam, we're chugging away with pastimes games. In addition to the the main event, we are also prepping with pastimes the full roster of other Transformers events for those who are not playing in the main event. So we've got a really big and busy weekend full of of uh, <clears throat> Transformers playing across multiple different formats. If you want to play Constructed or, or Limited or, or League or Draft, we've got an event for you, uh, as well as the, the main event itself. Uh, I'm going to be there. Um, I will say hi, to, be there to say hi to everyone, um, just like a Gen Con. Matt Tabak will be joining me, and then probably one or two other Wizards folks uh, from the Transformers team will be coming as well. So basically, everything's working out really nicely. Um, we still have a couple of... Uh, of cool things to announce in terms of, of prizes. If you remember back to our original announcement, way way back, beginning of the year, we mentioned that there were uh, there's two two lines on the prize list that's uh, that are not are not very specific. There's uh, Transformers TCG product and toys, and we'll be talking about that not here, but but relatively soon. And those are very exciting items. So so far so good. I'm really excited. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh... It's a big spectacle, and this is, you know, not to underplay it, this is the first big competitive event that is basically putting a pin on the first year of competitive Transformers trading card game. <laughs> you were talking about the DCI data and crunching that data, uh, and you talked about old, not old players necessarily in age, but players that have had DCI cards for a long time. They're, they're veterans of uh, trading card games. And they are returning for the first time in registered play uh, for Transformers. So my first question is, uh, were the original DCI cards actually wooden nickels with the numbers burnt in? So it's, it's funny. Uh, my boss, Charlie Catino, I believe has or had at the time before migration like a three-digit or four-digit DCI number. I mean, they're all, they're all the original DCI numbers were four-digit, but some of them were like zero, zero, something, something. Um, and I know the guy who has DCI number zero, 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 one. So they, I, I know what that original DCI card looks like. It was not a wooden nickel, despite the persistent rumor that they handed out wooden nickels. <laughs> no, but, but uh, no, we, we've had so many players who have engaged with, with Wizards products over... Um, you know, the 26-ish plus years that we've been making trading card games, um, and not just Magic. We used to make a lot of different other trading card games in the past, and we've seen some of those players return um, to play Transformers, which is really exciting. So uh, it's been very, very cool uh, watching uh, 
this community coalesced over the past year and a half. And I think you put it really well. The, the, this is this is the premier event for, for the year. It's the capstone. It puts a pin in it. And I will say that I'm really excited as we continue the Siege 2 releases, watching people talk about how they can use the new cards in uh, from Siege 2 in their metagame. In the metagame, and how they can, they were just, there were just a bunch of, of cool deck ideas that that people were were bandying about uh, today with the new Battlemaster who was released uh, in the last, who was shown off in the last couple of days. So I, I think we're going to see a big shakeup to the metagame, and I'm really excited to see what the top deck brewers come up with. Yeah, and and typically in uh, a situation like this where. Well, maybe four or five weeks from the release of the game to the actual competition, uh, folks will be able to, it'll be tournament legal. So um, that's cool that there's no like uh, whitelist time or blacklist time where we're not allowed to uh, use those cards. So that right. is uh, cool. So Transformers, as, as soon as a product is released on the day of release, uh, the product is, is legal for sanction play. So with that month period between November 8th release of Siege 2, and, or just under a month, and um, the uh, Energon Invitational, uh, that's a great time for players to go and play uh, weekly Transformers at their local game store. They can earn um, participation prizes or with the, the just recently shown off um, golden promo cards for, for Wave uh, 2. Uh, we've got Runabout, Runamuck, and um, oh, I, Roadhugger. I, Roadhugger, yes. Uh, we did that because they, they form a, a pretty fun 25-point Decepticon car team. So I know, we know that many stores do three weeks of play, and you come back each week, and you can you can get a, a one one of the different cards. So three weeks of play leads right into the Energon Invitational. So it's it's a group. We really put that that program together so that we could release you could have some some in-store play where you could brew and practice for the energon invitational and then you could head off to philadelphia yeah the uh i saw them coined the runner bros uh, <laughs> online yeah i saw i saw that too you know it's a fun fact that we had we had seen some people playing um <clears throat> uh runabout and runamuck uh have were designed to to replicate the sort of combat synergy that the, those two characters have in, in the trans various iterations of the Transformers universe. And Roadhugger's a nice little addition and lets you sort of maximize our centric cards. So it's a fun deck. Um, and I think the golden promos are beautiful. Uh, the Decepticon colored ones, I think in particular, look, look gorgeous. So. Yeah, I think the gold shows up on the text. Uh in a very primo way. Yeah, that purple one gold just looks astonishing on the Flame War. So I'm really happy with, with all Decepticon promos. Plus, Decepticon fans um, get a nice little bump there uh, yes. with some bling. So I think I think uh, it'll be a good time. Yeah, definitely. So with, uh, you know, we're talking about the capstone kind of winding down. January is a, a great day to, or a great month to make resolutions. Is there anything that, you're looking at, and the team is looking at, uh, in terms of tweaking anything for the next competitive run? So I don't think we can fully discuss that until we've gotten through the actual Invitational uh, event itself. Um, 
I can say that uh, for certain, one thing that we're going to do with future um, in-store play kits is be a lot louder in the community of play, the player community, as well as the store owner and retailer community as to the start and end period of the sign-up for that kit. So uh, what I hope is that when we are much louder about that and saying, hey, and by louder, I mean being very definitive. Hey, the period is, this period for signing up a kit is going to be blah to blah. And then when that starts, letting know in the community uh, groups, hey, talk to your store to get them to order a kit. Um, because we want all the players who are building communities in their local stores to have this promo kit available to support that in-store play. That's what it's for. And um, you need to sign up for it in, in enough time for us to make the right number and ship them out worldwide. So um, we're going to help people sign up during the appropriate time period by being really, really obvious about it, much more obvious than we were for the past two kids. Well, hey, I, I'm sure they'll appreciate that, whether they know it or not. And uh, we, we definitely appreciate that uh, as well. Any signal boosting on, on your end is, is great. Yep. Um, as to, and I, I don't think that was the question, the answer you were looking for, but it's an important one for us because uh, in-store play is sort of the bedrock that we build Transformers on. But I, I think what you're asking me is, are we going to change the format of EIQs? Are we going to, the answer is, we need to see how the entire program performs and how the community reacts to it. And does so is it successful from the, the player's point of view? Is it successful from retailer's point of view? Is it successful from sales, from driving sales point of view? Um, so far, so good. But let's revisit this uh, after um, the Energon Invitational was complete and we've all had some time to digest. Of course. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I know there was um, some speak of, of how the the Energon Invitational uh, is going to pan out. And um, I definitely am looking forward to seeing how that works, uh, kind of shake up in terms of conventional play. Hey, I'm going to see you there, right, Kim? I am going to be there, but I'll probably be playing at the kiddies table. Hey, um, I'm, I'm happy that, I'm, uh, that, that you're going to be there. I'd love to do, um, let's do a follow-up interview. Hey, let's plan ahead. Let's do a follow-up interview at uh, the Energon Invitational, do an in-person one. For sure. And we'll, we'll have to make sure that uh, there's minimal loudspeaker announcements during the, uh, <laughs> you know, I, lo I, I really like PAX Unplugged. It's a relatively new convention, mm -hmm. but the, the, the organizers are doing an awesome job at, at, at the convention. I've seen strong improvement, uh, already good convention, but strong improvement on things like uh, logistics and layout from year to year. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to not just not just Transformers, you know, that I love that, but also PAX Unplugged is, is, is brings together a lot of, I'm originally from the East Coast, so I get okay. to see a lot of uh, East Coast friend, tabletop game friends there, so I'm super, super excited. I, I really can't wait for, for PAX Unplugged. Um, between now and PAX Unplugged, we still have a couple of cards up our sleeve. Um, there's going to be at least one thing to knock the socks off the, the community. Uh, that's going to have a, a fun little impact too at the Energon Invitational, and you'll 
John will be talking about that over the course of the next several weeks. I don't have a date to tell you when this cool announcement will be, but get ready for, for something awesome. Awesome. Yeah, uh, I know you've been wetting the appetites, you and, and everybody uh, on your side, with some of the things that have been released uh, that we'll get into. So now all I see is, what about this guy? What about this guy? What about no. the bullet yeah. train combiner? You know, I, Matt, Matt Smith wrote an article today about the, the design philosophy behind Mercenaries, um, which was which is one, probably one of the biggest announcements of Siege 2 because it doesn't just impact the Transformers trading card game. It's part of the larger Transformers generation brands. Um, and we have known about this for ages, right? And uh, it's something we've been, we've been working with Hasbro on for, for quite some time. Uh, and... A long time ago, I sort of whetted people's appetite by saying, hey, in Siege 2, both sides get pretty desperate. And mercenaries are, de are one of those desperation measures. You know, getting, getting forces who fight for Energon as opposed to for the ideological reasons that Autobots and Decepticons are, are waging war for the control, control over Cybertron is, is a pretty last resort particularly for the Autobot side. Um, and putting that together with Hasbro was very exciting. Matt did a, an amazing amount of heavy lifting. And one of the things that um, I want to particularly point out is, is in Siege 1, we did a number of characters got lightly, got you know a little bit of redesign work to, um, particularly if they were like G1 toys, like the um, Firecons that hadn't gotten facelifts in a long time and i want to point out that octones uh truck and plane mode facelift into cybertronian truck and uh and plane was one of the most exciting things that that i've done in terms of character redesign i love the plane mode for for octo mercenary octone that whole thing was really exciting to work on that's awesome so the everything down to the the insignia was all released for the first time with those reveals. That's correct. Yeah, and that that is that that is the brand. That's not just that insignia. That new uh, faction icon is not just for the TCG. That is the mercenary faction icon for Transformers. That is uh, that's really cool to be the basically the first thing out of the gate with that. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and some of the characters who are mercenaries in Siege Two. Um, some of them were Autobots and Decepticons in the past of this, the War for Cybertron storyline, and some of them may be Autobots and, or Decepticons again in the future parts, the unrevealed parts of the um, War for Cybertron storyline. You know, allegiances shift in during war, but at this point, at the end of, of Siege, um, which, interjection, Siege is part one of the War for Cybertron trilogy. Mm-hmm. Earth, we divide. There was so much content. We divided into two parts. So Siege is part one. Earthrise is part two, um, and part three hasn't been announced yet. Uh, I got it. I'm I'm on the same page now. Awesome. Um, yeah, and so that plus Trypticon. Um, I, I Siege two brings a ton to the Transformers TCG meta meta game, uh, and I'm I'm really. I'm really interested to see what the the uh, the player R and D end 
of of the this ecosystem churn churns up i agree um the and, and you don't know until it gets out there i mean people are already trying to theory craft but there's something about having the tactile cards in your hand and maybe using the companion app to uh really do those imputations but yep. um, and also there's still a number of siege 2 cards yet to be revealed right in including something that i don't think people are expecting and falls into the category of weapons of last resort mm, that's something to chew on and maybe go through and and uh think about what that could be but i'm yes. sure we won't have to wait too much longer because we only have a a little bit of time left, even though it yep. seems like forever. Yeah, we're pushing through really hard for the for the card reveal season, and uh, uh, you and the other community members uh, have been doing a fantastic job at uh, spreading the word, starting the analysis on the new cards. The community is, I, I see the brain power um, uh, furiously working. Uh, it was really exciting. Really exciting uh, uh, discussion in the fan communities in the past couple of days. Me, I'm just going to go reference it, but there were there was some brewing over a really cool deck idea that's using Shockwave, um, Fireflight, and, and, and yes, another one. Uh, I think Joe from Wreck and Rule uh, yeah. is using it. Yeah, it's uh, here we go. It's it's Caliburst. Shockwave, fix it, um, and system reboot. This is the one. Sorry, I know the one you're talking about. Uh, this is the one I was thinking of. There's a lot of people. It's a little bit of. Um, there's a lot of cards in this combo, but it does some really awesome things when it gets going. I don't know if this is the best thing or the worst thing or the middle thing, but it's an exciting thing, and I'm really happy to see people brewing the way the level that they're brewing. It really makes us in in. You know, at the the creator end, really happy to see people taking the the puzzle pieces that we put out there and fitting them together in cool combinations. Yeah, that's that's the thing that always I'm like, man, I wonder if this was intended, and and sometimes it it's not, and sometimes it it just seems so uh, obvious. Uh, it's almost it's almost like they're meant to be together, like two cards made um, at two different times, but maybe they were meant to be together. So we definitely do a lot of that. Um, there are cards that specifically we've made to work with cards from older sets, and there are cards that we make that don't look quite powerful enough. And people are like, oh, this is just a card for a sealed deck, or, you know, there have to be bad commons sometimes. And we know, ahaha, we have, we know the, we know, you know, multiple sets in the future, and we know, we know what that card becomes later on. Yeah. So, with that in mind, you know, we talked about the, not spoiler season, but the, the reveal season, and it's been intense. There, I think one day there was 10 cards revealed uh, by 10 different people. Yeah, uh, that was a little, that, that was a, that was like, the, that was the first or second day of, of spoiler se of uh, reveal season. And then we had, uh, you know, 15 or so mercenary and mercenary weighted cards on Thursday and Friday. It was, I don't think there can be too much of a good thing, though. I, hey, I agree with you. Uh, so I know one card comes to mind when I think about what's probably the most um, maybe pushing the envelope in terms of 
the design pillar that you spoke of previously, pushing the envelope um, and making sure that uh, it's it's happening for a purpose, obviously. Yep. But is there any battle card or character card that comes to mind from this wave that uh, really embodies that? So in terms of pushing the design envelope, um, uh, there are a couple of cards that that push into um, some interesting spaces that we really haven't played in with before. Uh, Lord Megatron's sort of alt win condition um, is is definitely one of them, um, and I, I think I think Megatron is super interesting because uh, very technically. You don't have to do any damage with your characters for, for, for Lord Megatron to win you the game, right? That's unlikely, but he creates, he creates a character-based alt-win condition by dealing damage to, um, uh, to your characters. Based when they on cycle their deck, right? Cycling the deck. And in some cases, that's just punishment, right? Like... Megatron gets some free damage in because everybody's going to cycle their deck at some point or other. And there are also possibilities of maximizing that potential uh, and having Megatron be your win con because his tank side asks you to stack defense a lot. And he, Megatron can become very, very beefy. So he's one of them. And it's, it's really because of that alternate way to win um and then there are a couple of battle cards that that play in that very same uh um uh space um overwhelming firepower is one of them and so it's it's this weird quest that you have to go on to get it to work but then it you know it it does insane amounts of damage um KOing most most characters. Is it competitive? Probably not right now. Maybe in the future. But it certainly is an interesting space for people and deck brewers and people who like to build combo-style decks um, to play around in. So I'm really happy with that. Uh, and then uh, one of the things that I am very happy about that pushes in that touches on new design space but also touches on how the the player community reacts to new design space is um how secret actions are maturing in terms of the way players are looking at the value of secret actions and how they how they can potentially use them in a variety of types of decks um and there are some very very interesting secret actions in um, in Siege 2 uh, that really give a lot of interesting flexibility. Um, you know, stuff like jam signals. Um, there, are, there are some other situational hosers that, that if, um, if played at the correct time, um, really can, uh, can turn the tide. So these these are the kinds of 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 pushing design space that that we like that we're really happy with. That's what are uh, your, what are your yeah. particular ones? So overwhelming advantage was the one that came to mind to me as well because um, I'm a fan of blowpipe, 
Yes. And as soon as I saw the rainbow of colors in that body of text, I was like, oh, man. Although it may not, like you said, it's not the fastest card. You have to, like you said, go on this grand conquest to find or get all these cards onto one character. But uh, if you hit with it, I mean, all you need to do is hit once, hopefully. Yeah. Um, There's definitely a, a, a theme in Siege 2 of of supporting decks that are not all blue or all orange. Uh, there's some support for multicolored decks, there's some support for white pip decks, and there's some support for pipless decks. Uh, pipless decks are clearly difficult to assemble correctly, but we put some strong nods in for there, so people who, wanna, who want to... Um, uh, use that those tools and find find the best possibilities can. So, Pipless uh, deck would be like diving into the deep end of the pool. Like you just have to do it and try it. And right, and there's so we have some cards that support Pipless cards, and also there are some Pipless cards that are Pipless because they're otherwise very strong, like like um, Blast Suit. Yeah, and then uh, there's the new not a, it's it's basically escape route with no conditions. Um, rollover or showing off showing off yes. yep um showing off has a lot of powerful potential if your deck can handle the fact that it doesn't contribute during combat um i think there's a very interesting argument that i'm watching with about from metroplex players as to whether or not it is worth reducing your your chances of hitting metroplexes um uh you know we just call them ultimates mm -hmm. from, you know hitting that, that correct combinations to trigger his attack uh, ability, or whether being able to get a, an, an entirely new, you know, another layer of flipping in is, is worth it. And I think, you know, jury's out in, in, in the public right now, and playtesting will play it out for them, but it, it, that kind of stuff is, is our interesting decisions and trade-offs that we want players to have to make. Um, a question that we get asked a lot is, oh, you made this amazing card for orange decks, but it has a blue pip. Or, this card has two orange pips on it, but it really supports a defensive deck. What's going on? Um, if we made cards that were... So, sorry, we can make cards that are like that, They would that are aggressive cards that have two orange pips, they would cost one or two stars. Right? Like... If you double dip on both both parts of a card, you need to pay for it for that card to be balanced and fair. So right. there has to be an opportunity cost. Otherwise, it's a no-brainer. Exactly. And for many cards, the opportunity cost is that the pips don't necessarily match what you want to do. They're usually useful, right? Flipping orange is generally good on offense, and flipping blue is generally good on, on, on defense. So there's always times where those pips will be helpful in combat, but they may, may not be your, your deck's primary um, uh, purpose. And we want, we, we want players to have to evaluate these cards and figure out, oh, where is this best used? So uh, power, sword, and body armor come to mind when you, when you yes. say that. Just... Exactly. Perfect examples. So... You know, you talked uh, last time we spoke, and, and even this time, there's there's this lore, and it's, I don't know if it's 
persistent throughout the toy line, uh, the Siege toy line, and, and what we're doing here, what you're doing here with the, the cards, but um, it sounds very rich. It sounds like it helps you shape the card art, what the card's abilities are, who's going to be appearing in the game. Um, is there anywhere for uh, consumers to consume that story, or is it kind of just uh, locked in, in the design process? So there will be. Um, you may have you may have heard that there was uh, announced a little while ago a War for Cybertron Netflix show, um, and uh, that when when that comes out, that will be the primary story vehicle for War for Cybertron. Um, That's awesome. I did I had no idea. <laughs> yep, uh, the trading card game. Um, uh, in Siege, really hold, has two two places inside the the overall storyline. First, we show things that don't make it into the toy line, um, as well as things that make it into the toy line. So, particularly characters, right? Like we show characters that that the, the toy line couldn't print, you know, make as many toys as we can make characters because we print cards as opposed to mold plastic toys. Uh, and then secondly, we show cool little vignettes that are not necessarily narrative. Like, you know, we show that time where Ironhide, you know, I'm thinking of guarded posture here, where Ironhide, you know, desperately picked up the shell of, uh, of, a, of another character and used it as, um, used it as a shield, etc., etc. Trypticon is probably the biggest part of this, uh, of of that uh, so it has really been exciting to work with hasbro on where we fit inside this this part of the narrative um and i'm really happy that fans are in this set in particular seeing the little tiny mini storylines that we put in uh the art like the time that octone was hired to um uh infiltrate the autobots and take over Hot Rod's group, group of fighters, which is contingency contract, coup, and a third card whose name is escaping me right now. Um, I know, I know which one you're talking about. I think I saw it the other day, and uh, in that call out and putting that together. Yep, that that is distinctly a very tiny little three card story told in art and, and card titles. Um, that is one very small part of the the Siege universe. Um, there's a whole bunch of other. There's another story that's being told with uh, some off-road patrol characters, and uh, some of the cards have been shown, some of them haven't. But when people put them together, I think it's a funny little story. Uh, awesome. Yeah, I really I, I liked uh, Detour and Roadhugger, so I'll have to look look out for that when I'm cracking packs. Um. So, uh, kind of uh, on a on a different tangent here. Um, separate from the story, separate from the spoiler season, um, but more focused on the new mechanics that have been announced with Siege 2. And this kind of goes hand in hand with um, an article that Ken Nagel wrote uh, not too long ago, uh, Complexity Creep. Um, so you've got Mercenaries, you've got Trypticon, uh, the Safeguard keyword, the Bounty keyword, two-part weaponizers. Um, do you... Is there anything that you have to do in order to skirt that line when designing uh, new keywords and then 
keeping folks engaged? Yeah, th there is. Um, so safeguard is 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 probably in terms of new mechanical space. The definitely you know occupy some of that, but the overall instead of doing we think of complexity as tall and wide. Tall is complex, a single concept that is actually very complex. Um, here, here's a great example. In wave one, everything was new, but Pierce was the single source of major complexity amongst keywords, mm -hmm. right? Pierce is actually somewhat complicated to explain, even though it's relatively simple in what it does. Um, we consider new pips to be fairly large sources of complexity because of the sort of myriad implications of what you can do with it, um, including things that you can paths that you can throw down. For example, diluting the total number of orange and black black pips in your deck, or and orange and blue pips in your deck by adding too many of another pip color. Um, th those are those are, are tall sources of complexity. With Siege 2, we instead went a little wide. We added a bunch of things, none of which are really super, super complex, right? Like, weaponizers build on battle masters. They have, um, they have a really uh, um, new, neat twist to it, uh, but it's not... It's not an, an all-new concept that one has to wrap their mind around. Um, safeguard is not a super complex ability. It basically does what it says. The implications of it are very interesting, and especially there, there's some there's some better than average healing cards in this set, particularly uh, among the mercenary cards like Detritus. Um, and safeguard and healing do some very interesting things together so there's there's there is work that the players can put in to find how to best use the cards but the concepts aren't that difficult right, uh, right. triple changers are not a new thing but we we did play around with how tri what triple changers do a little bit in this set um so we have to skirt the what i guess this is a, a roundabout way of saying there it, we consider it to to be a sort of total amount of complexity that can either go didn't few difficult things that are rough to wrap your head around or a lot of little things none of none of which are super complex and once you grok them you're like oh i got it i can move on to the next one and siege 2 we feel definitely falls in that latter category right and and going with the wide methodology it really just means that you have to keep more things in mind prior to playing, and then once you're in a match, you look at what's in front of you and deal with that. Yep. Um, one of the ways that we evaluate whether something is tall complexity or wide complexity is how much of the cards uh, uh, in-game effect is understandable if you read the card and literally do as it says. Um Safeguard, for example, when you include its reminder text, it literally works exactly as it says, and there's almost there's extremely few corner cases to talk to discuss. Um, Pierce 
not that way, right? Like lots of explanation uh, for pe for people required in order for them to understand what it does. And it requires you to understand a bunch of other things like how attack and defense interact at a, you know, at more extreme levels. Um, and I want to take this up, this, this opportunity speaking to the fans, whether you are yourself new to the game, or if you are a fan who is introducing the game to others, one of the things that I, I always recommend is when you're telling to tell players is take Transformers cards literally. 98% of the time, if you do exactly as the card says and no more and no less, the card will play properly. We try really hard to minimize the amount of off-card rules that players need to understand. And the way we write cards is incredibly specific. So um, here's an example. Uh, the card Quartermaster can pull, it's, it, it's, a, it's a modal card, it has two options, and one of the things that it does is it allows you to bring a Battlemaster back from the KO area in play, right? That does not mean it can bring a Weaponizer back. If right, it's it, wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a typo. Yep, exactly. It, 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 and Weaponizers and Battlemasters are different things. That's the kind of literalness, literalness that we, we use when we are spending actually a ton of time um, editing the, the card text and typesetting it. Anyway, uh, I've been reminding that uh, to, to, pl to players, particularly players and community members who have loud voices like yours. And by, I, sorry, I mean loud voices <laughs> that speak loud. I mean, you have an audience. Um, and you help amplify messages. So, uh, in in that same breath, almost. So the teaching of the rules. There's there's a lot of different ways that even Wizards of the Coast, and this, this comes to mind. Or I, I associate this with Wizards Wizards of the Coast most mostly is that uh, opening of a product feeling um, and and learning the game, whether it was the original 1996 Pokemon starter box that came with everything you needed um, or, or any other product that, that I've bought in the past. Um, and then you knew what to do right out of the box. Uh, I, I recommend to anybody listening to also send those folks to the website with, uh, there's a lot of production value in your how to play videos. Yeah, thanks. Um, but uh, what what I'm getting at is, um, is, is there any room or is, do you feel there's any space to add more inside of, of the packs, uh, printing rules on the whiteboard uh, that comes in boosters, uh, adding, remove and add suggestions, uh, from the designers into theme decks, uh, like, like wizards used to. So, um, with regard to the white, um, um, card stock that we in, in packs that protect the cards we're actually printing uh, you saw this in Siege 1 uh, you'll see it again in Siege 2 we're actually printing um, uh, pointing at other parts of the Transformers universe that talk about Siege like we did for the toy line mm -hmm. um, our friends at IDW have been an enormous support for us uh, 
particularly when we were getting started uh, with um, amazing art from very talented artists. Um, so you'll see a, an advertisement uh, on one of those for an IDW product uh, that's come that's coming up. Very cool. So there, we've got a use for them. But the point, the second point you made is is being more obvious with players about how to improve decks. And there, we've already taken one, uh, what we think is important step is, you'll notice that in our articles from designers, we're including more and more deck lists, not just suggestions, but we're actually including full deck lists, showing people how they can use the new cards that we're talking about. And that is something that um, when you next see deck products, which will be, you know, sometime towards... At some point. <laughs> at some point, right? Um, uh, that is something we're strongly considering for entry-level deck products, mm -hmm. as well as more advanced products, but particularly for entry-level products. And then the other thing that we're... That when you eventually see decks again, um, is we're going to be a lot louder as to whether this deck is a starter product or a... A, a more competitive deck. And I, right. I, I think I've mentioned this a lot about Metroplex, but Blaster versus Soundwave, I think, was something that we could have we could have been clearer on as well. Like the Blaster and Soundwave deck, and particularly the Blaster deck, um, are are much more competitive right out of the box than any starter product. And they're not really meant for people completely new to trading card games. They're a great entry point for people with lots of trading card game experience who have come from other games. And we're going to be louder about how we talk about that um, for, for new deck products. That's awesome. So it's a good idea and something that we also recognize that we can improve on. Please uh, don't... Uh, uh, you'll probably give me a heart attack if you say you're bringing back the beginner, advanced, and expert badges on the back <laughs> of the products. Uh, no, we're, we're okay. not... That. <laughs> 90s are in. Right? No, 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 not that part of the movies. <laughs> Why are these booster packs for experts? I can't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, is there anything else about Seeds 2 that you think we haven't covered that needs to be known? Um, I think I'm going to let the remaining card previews talk about that. Okay. Awesome. Very cool. Well, uh, go ahead. I'm, I'm trying to bite my tongue a lot right now so I don't steal other people's thunder. Uh, it's okay. I, I, okay, I'm just going to say there are some awesome previews um, still to come, and stay tuned. Okay. Hopefully none of world-ending proportions. No, Cybertron still exists at the end of, sie of Siege. Okay. Neighboring planets, too? Uh, I don't know if anyone's ever said whether there are neighboring planets or not in around Cybertron in this version of the story. Okay. Um, so I had a couple of uh, grab bag questions for you that really um, pull in from, from other things that kind of involve the Transformers trading card game Wizards of the Coast by proxy. Um <laughs> Redemption and recycling programs. Uh, I know Hasbro is moving to uh, rattan packaging at some point, I think by 2010. 
Um, is there 2020. any so- 2020, okay, I was going to say. 2010 was nine years ago. Through, yeah, continuing through the early 2020, 2020s, yes. Yeah. Um, sorry, I, I interrupted you. No, is you're there- fine. Uh, I thank you for uh, bringing me back into the present. I, I must have left my DeLorean. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so- I know I did. <laughs> What is your uh, what is your experience with uh, running rapper redemptions, either uh, as a bystander and seeing them happen? Um, do do you have any experience with that? So, if, if rapper redemptions, as in turning one hundred rappers to get something cool, correct? Um, they are a logistical nightmare. <laughs> you don't like a hundred rappers on your desk times a million? So right, like. Uh, Rapper is just just generally, rapper redemptions are more time consuming, and generate less customer response than you'd expect. For some some very very highly uh, motivated people, um, it's an awesome thing, uh, but it doesn't really inspire the outcome or any of the outcomes that, that we, we'd really want at the levels that justify it. In other words, the rate of, the rate of return on it is pretty big. I, I find to be pretty bad. So um, you probably won't see rapper redemptions. But starting with Siege 1, you'll note that on underneath the fin seal on the back of each booster, the fin seal is the part that you can sort of like lift up, if anyone has never heard that term. Um, we have the recycling information for the, con- the the booster and its contents printed uh, using the um, relatively new international standard for recycling information. Um, so every player will be able to see um, which parts of our products are recyclable as we continue the march towards uh, uh, greater sustainability. Awesome. Well, that's great to hear. And uh, yeah, I mean, rapper redemption seemed like a a ploy that was trapped in time. Uh, I know I uh, participated in one. I think for score maybe many moons ago. Um, moons ago. <laughs> uh, and and I think nowadays you could probably get the same thing with a code or some sort of QR code or something like that, and have kind of the same idea with none of the logistical nightmare that you're talking about of. Putting them, in en- putting them in an envelope and sending them in and waiting yep. for the promotional product. And I, I so think on. that's exactly it. I think we leverage the we, we leverage digital codes to to achieve similar effect with less mess for everybody involved. And honestly, depending on on what region of uh, the world you live in, um, the the wrappers for Transformers TCG may already be recyclable. Right. Uh, uh, Multi-poly plastic um, is recyclable in many communities in the United States and Canada, for example. Um, and as every every community has different capabilities for recycling, um, it's worth just checking probably the flyer that your local sanitation or recycling department puts out. But um, if the tiles match up or the symbology matches up on on our pack or any Wizards product in your local recycling, hey, just stick it in the recycling bin. Yeah, this is a call to action for everybody on launch day. Some uh, somebody who's paying attention to this, bring in a recycling bin for all of the wrappers for your product. If you're not going to keep them for sentimental reasons, 
and don't put them in the same bin as your Cheetos or Mountain Dew bags like uh, if, we did for the last one. If your community uh, is able to recycle that type of plastic. Yes. Otherwise, then it will be your problem at that building. Um, and then, you know, uh, we're, we're getting close here to, to the hour point. Um, do you have a minute for some yes or no quickfire questions from the fans? Absolutely. Okay. So here we go. And if you want to expound on them, feel free. But otherwise, I'm going to let her rip. More wind conditions. Yes. Do you but air? Not, oh, but, go ahead. But not too much, yes. Okay. <laughs> Do you err on conservative or liberal with card tags and attributes like fire cons? Um, that's a neither yes or no. It has to fit both the uh, the character's role inside of Transformers and also the needs from a game design and mechanical point in the TCG. Um, I will say that um, while we're generally pretty happy with the amount, we call them traits in the office, okay. with, the, with the amount of traits um, and the number of traits and who gets what trait, um, I acknowledge that we could do a little bit more with some mismatches between art and the uh, melee or range tag um, that happened late in the design and development process. Um, and that's one thing that I would love to correct. Um, but I also uh, want to point out that putting too many traits on a character um, is actively bad because it increases the amount of things you have to remember about the character all the time. Like a spaceship guardian tank ranged character? Um, if you're talking about the Omega Supreme promo that we did, uh, you know, if there's one character in play or, you know, a character like Omega Supreme who basically says you, you can have one or two characters where we can be a little bit more liberal with tags, right. but stuff like the, um, the MicroMaster patrols mm -hmm. are pushing it in, in terms of characters and tags. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. that was yes or no. Uh, yes. Let's the next one. Uh, will there be set rotations? Uh, that is something. So it is probable that there will be set rotation at some point in the future, uh, but it it's uh, <laughs> it is extremely unlikely for that to happen in the next I don't know eight months. Right. So Just due to how fresh it is still. Yeah. Exactly. We're, we're still very early in the life cycle of, of Transformers. Uh, in order to keep trading card games healthy, rotation is a very, very strong and important tool in keeping um, a trading card game metagame healthy and fresh um, and letting new players come in, you know, join over time. So um, I would say... It's probable that there will be rotation at some time, but I don't think you have to worry about it in the near or near future or mid future. Okay. If there is a change with rights as it concerns concerns trademark and registered names, will temporary names like Scrapnel and Octone stick? We have no control or input over the names of Transformers characters. Okay. Uh, are there plans to make in-store play more appealing uh, in terms of the release boxes, uh, such as full art battle cards? 
So, um, I, I'm I I would love to to dive in this to this one more with the the fan who sent this in, because in general the feedback that we get is that for now the gold foil promos and the mechanically unique release day promo release weekend promo um, are pretty motivating, and as long as we see the strong majority of players getting really excited about those then we know that it's at the appropriate level of um, incentive. Uh, different sets uh, and different, theme, sorry, different theme sets, right? Like may suggest different themes of of promo and we'll, we'll, move, we'll do what's appropriate for the set from a theme and from a metagame point of view. Um, in terms of just constantly upping the, the ante, that that's unsustainable and really just doesn't work for anyone in the really long run, even though it sounds really, really cool in the short run. Oh, so, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. we could give away gold bars as incentives. And, <laughs> but last time you gave me gold bars! Exactly. Then you go to platinum, and then suddenly you're getting into the radioactive portions of the periodic table, and no one's happy, right? Like, um, uh, this incentive has a half-life of two days. You better come release weekend. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so... But what I what I will say is there are a lot of awesome ways to bling out cars, cards. Mm -hmm. There's awesome ways to bling out cars too. Um, and you heard part of my there. Uh, and we love blinging out cards, and we'll be doing cool bling out on various cards in various ways in the future. Um, and I hope you're excited by the things that that we will show you over the the next months. Um, so let us let the player community let us know if these are awesome if they're awesome we'll keep doing it if if there are other awesome things that that uh to incentivize players and, and make our product more special we'll we'll look at that too awesome yeah i can only imagine and uh yeah anything you can do to to make the cards even though they are eye candy already anything anything else that can be done like you said blinging them out uh is a plus i think i got time for one more cam yep this is the last one it was basically a million character questions uh lug nut refractor rail racer i know what the answer is but yes more characters down the line yes yes more characters down the line i will actually address one of those um we are all really sad perhaps Matt and I the most that we were not able to cram Reflector um, or the Gen Selects version of Reflector into um, Siege. Yes. Okay. And we'll pour one out for Reflector, and then <laughs> uh, we will wrap up. Go ahead. He might Drew. be Refractor these days. Um, yes. Uh, I think he actually is Refractor. Yeah. Uh, it has been awesome talking with you as 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 it was before. I look forward to seeing you at the Energon Invitational Cam, and I will uh, let's get a game in and and chat some more. Yes, for sure. Thank you very much, and thank you all for listening. Cool. Bye, guys.